0: 3898562.57. Welcome to Star Trek Discovery Pod, a kind of smart, kinda of funny podcast about new Star Trek and beyond. I am your Mirrorverse captain, Mariah Gossett. And with me on the view screen we have Clyde
1: Haynes
2: and Grant Davis.
0: Woo! Uh tonight we are streaming the podcast live on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Twitter, of course, to review and break down Star Trek Discovery Season 3, Episode 10, Terra Firma, Part 2. Uh, But before we carry on, uh, Grant, can you let everyone know about how they can support this little podcast of ours?
2: Can I ever? So there's a couple of free ways you can, of course, support us. You can subscribe to the podcast. You can subscribe to us here on, on YouTube. And you can also hit that notification. So anytime we go live, you get notified that we are broadcasting just like we are now. Um, Another way you can help us is of course, go to like iTunes and give us a a five-star rating, write us a little bit of a review that helps give us more visibility on uh, all those platforms. And if you want to take that extra step, tis the giving season, you can go to patreon.com slash star Trek pod and make a per episode pledge. If you give us at least $2 an episode, that's maximum of about eight bucks a month. You will be invited to our exclusive Slack channel, where we have a bunch of like-minded, welcoming, friendly Trekkies talking all things Trek. We'd love to have you over there. Come join us and chat Trek. We also will, from time to time, do some bonus little podcast stuff. We'll talk about some of the movies and do some behind-the-scenes reviews of those. We'll do some little side games and quizzes and stuff. And general chat that doesn't really fit into our weekly podcast. So we'd love to have you come join. Do it. Do it at uh, patreon.com/slash star trek pod. Yes,
1: and if you're like one of our friends, Lee's A, La Mo, Takako, or Marg, or JC, who are in the chat right now. We love the fact that you're live chatting with us, that we can see your comments and say, hey, y'all. Um, but if you want to actually participate, you got questions for us, you got comments you want us to take a look at, then you can type capital P, capital O, capital D, capital POD in the chat, and we'll take a look at it and might even read it on the show or answer your question live while we're here on the live stream. So yeah, come on, participate with us yeah Do we can it. show we can show your comments like
2: oh this one nice glasses baron uh, on grant
1: oh, oh really that's the <laughs> that's the one that you wanted to
2: show i, I, I saw guess. this i yes. can now see and so it caught my eye and i was like Ooh, let me pull that one up thank you
0: now that you can see with your glasses you can see all these nice comments about your glasses
2: these were six dollars off of com. oh i, I, I love to a good money deal.
0: <laughs> if you girl. would like to sponsor this podcast because we're both wearing your glasses'
2: <laughs> like we would sponsor you but we don't make any money because we gave this away for six dollars yeah.
1: yep I you know I should put my glasses on but I'm going no glasses tonight oh, oh, this
2: is a glasses commercial you're supposed to wear them you're supposed to so join if,
0: the club
1: so if you see me like this
0: because <laughs> I can't see anything. You <laughs> can't see anything. All right. Well, let's dive in and let's explore the edge of forever. So terra firma part two. Uh the teleplay is by uh Kalalinda Vasquez, story by Bo yon Kim and Erica lapolt and Alan McElroy, directed by Chloe uh demont This is the one where Kimmy uh Killy comes to play, everyone gets a kick-ass fight scene, and we get a callback all the way to the back of the original series. And uh, Reno likes to eat candy in engineering. But this is a Star Trek podcast after all. So we're not going to just give you some hot takes. We're going to give you some hot freaks.
2: Oh. Ah, freaks. So Ooh, baby, I need no. to make some more of those.
0: <laughs> we got to make some more hot freaks bumpers. Also, <laughs> if you're not enjoying us. On video, definitely at least tune in for the first five minutes for these video oh, cut yeah, throughs.
1: It's definitely worth it. The first five minutes were great. After <laughs> that, who knows what you're going to get? Listen to the pod. <laughs> it's all about no, I'm checking it out. So,
0: <laughs> who wants to get us started with a hot break?
1: I'll go. Um, I didn't love this one as much as I love part one, but I still thought it was was pretty good. Um, and uh, shout out to and I, I'm I don't remember who said it last week. But whoever called out that this was going to be a transition for uh, Giorgio to end up on um, uh, Section 31, the show, was that you, Grant? Was that you? I know. Mariah. Yeah, I, I, I understand that. that a little bit. Whoever <laughs> called it, whether it was one of you guys or Mike, I know it was not me. Um, you win. You know, the trivia prize from last week, that you you nailed it. So um, I thought that was cool. I thought um, I, I still don't know. Maybe maybe there's a reference that I missed with this whole Guardians of Forever. Um, but I, I thought that it was interesting to see the transformation of Giorgio. Um, I still didn't know what we were doing on the ship. Uh, it kind of what was happening there. But I did like the fact that Book came to play. He wasn't Killy wasn't the only one who came to play. Um, books showed that, you know, he's willing to jump through a few hoop, hoops. Um, and yeah, I thought, uh, you know, again, I thought the Terran universe was, was definitely kick-ass. Uh, and people were having, having fun. Great fight scenes. Uh, so I enjoyed it. I just thought that uh, last week's episode was a little richer.
0: All right. Grant?
2: I thought this one was a lot of fun. Um, It was a nice send-off to Giorgio, and a lead-in for a a potential spin-off series, I assume. Uh, I thought it did a great job of fully rounding out the character's journey arc, um, at least for this show, and the purpose of showing how the ideals of Starfleet can transform even the most bitter and hopeless empress uh, murderous ruler of a mirror verse into someone who, who can be an, an agent of positivity and good, even in her um, indirect way. She's still tortured and killed a bunch of people <laughs> over in her mirror verse, but there was a, there was a little bit of redemption going on in her arc. And I, I, I guess um, that that dude, what's his name? Um, who's the newspaper guy. Carl. 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 Carl saw that in her, and it's like we're gonna give you a second chance. So, I enjoyed how that element of the story played out. I agree with you, Clyde, that the the B plot stuff going on on the ship was a little bit of filler of like, hey, we're still here too, and we're not, we're not just sitting here. We're trying to do some things. Um, it was good to see Jet Reno back. Yes, and that end scene where everyone's like gathering around to talk about uh, both, both the character of Giorgio and the actress and give this kind of send off of, uh, of her greatness and her impact. I thought it was, I felt it. I, I know that I can also come across as a little bit cheesy, but it was nice to see some of those moments where people are gathering in a little bit more of a laid back environment to, to kick back in and raise a toast to someone who's no longer with
0: them. Yeah, I um I really enjoyed this episode. I I kind of think as part 1 and part 2 is just a continuation of each other rather than as like two separate parts, which I think helps in the way that it's structured because we did only get these small moments aboard you know, prime discovery versus mirror discovery. I thought it was such a great send off for Michelle Yeoh and her time on this particular show. And that end memorial to me was more of them saying goodbye to her than I think that character because in reality, Giorgio was not nice to most of those people. So the fact that no one even had just even like a she was a bitch, but I'm, you know, she she played a part, you know. Uh, like,
2: or, Burnham said that though,
0: right? <laughs> I like, mean, eh. sort of, you know, anyway, but um, but yeah, overall I thought it was a great send-off. I really loved the reference back to um, City on the Edge of Forever and The Guardians of Forever. I thought it was really smart. I actually went back and rewatched that episode today, and there's a lot of parallels in the way that the plot is charted out, and so I think there's some really great um, you know, nerd moments. For those of us who are original series fans. And I also think I've heard a a couple of critics describe Discovery as um, the nerds with feelings. And I thought this was a great example of that in that these are intelligent folks who have feelings. Especially we get to see Giorgio finally also have those feelings. Because even though she was trying to change Mirror Burnham for the better she knew she was going to get double crossed in the end and was prepared for that. So um, yeah, overall I really enjoyed it. The costumes are great. The fight choreography, always stellar. Their stunt team does a great job. Um, And I really loved watching Killy take such joy in torturing Michael. It was, it was a little, uh, it was just fun to watch the character be so different from the Tilly that we know and love. So, right. I, That
1: was a thing, though, was she was different, but she wasn't, right? And for me, her mannerisms, particularly the way she moved her mouth, felt like the Tilly I knew. Right. Right? Like, it still was Tilly, only she was mean.
0: Right. It's like the little grin was at all of the things that were nasty instead of at things that were nerdy. like (laughs) Yes,
1: exactly. I'm going to miss Giorgio, Like... I'm I'm not quite sure what this show is going to be without her and I I think they're going to have to find a a badass character, right? Like somebody who is the the tough as nails I'm going to save you in a fight, right? And I hate to make another serenity reference, but you need a Jane.
0: Right? Yeah. I mean, to me, I almost think Book and Burnham together are those people now for the crew. Because while Book is an empath, he's still, and even in this particular episode, he knows how to use his intelligence to get what he wants. Like, he wants Discovery to see that he's a valuable player on this ship. And so he's like, oh, I have Emerald Chain technology Let me bring this in. And yes, I've read all the rules. So I know how we can implement and use this. Um, You know, but then you see his flip side when he hears that Burnham is beaming back up by herself. And he's like, I have to go be like an emotional support for my for my person.
2: What I'm wondering, Clyde, because you brought this up last time too. who in the other iterations of Star Trek, would you say was that? Bloodthirsty mercenary killer who was so cutthroat, though that made those those work.
1: So I'm a TNG head, so I'm gonna go immediately to that and go. You had Wharf, right? Worf was the enforcer. There's always a guy who when they're with you, you're like, yo, we're good, right? Like
2: having shacks in lower decks, too, I guess. Mm-hmm. Sure.
1: And and so, yes. So with Worf, it was especially anytime Worf had another Klingon with him they weren't gonna get beat like that was just not gonna happen right so when you look at that when i think about oddly enough if i think about voyager it, it had to be tuvok and
0: I, I was gonna maybe say um uh torres you know it's I thought like about they, her too they they had a couple of characters you know that show had a couple of dynamics depending on the season who is sort of filling that role. Cause then we also eventually get a seven of nine. Who's fulfilling yes. that in some ways too.
1: And then on deep space nine, I f- you had Odo, right. Who at the end of the day was a changeling and who just, it was a different type of enforcing. Odo. Yes. Wasn't that the dude in the
2: turtleneck all the time.
1: Sort sort of maybe, but, but he had the eyebrow thing he he couldn't die for the most part and he was, you know, a changeling. So he could be whatever you needed him to be. Uh, so I, I think that was kind of it. So Chupis' TOS didn't have what? I have to disagree because I think it was Kirk.
0: Yeah, I think it was Kirk as well. <laughs> well, so, I, I kind of think yeah. it's
2: Burnham. I'm, I'm right there with Mariah. Burnham is deadly in a fight. If Burnham was in that bar scene in episode two of this season instead of Instead of uh, Giorgio, she still would have handled that situation, but she also might have done it while, like, on the side, uh, like secretly rigging up a, a gun under a table or something weird.
1: <laughs> who won the fight between the, between Burnham and Giorgio like today's Burnham? episode? That was Mirror Burnham, though. Uh, I mean, Mira, they, they Mira canceled Burnham Burnham each other <laughs> out.
0: They canceled each other out. So, uh, on somebody hit
1: the- it up with a sword through their chest. And one with a sword in their neck. A sword <laughs> in
0: their neck, yeah.
1: One died, one
2: didn't. One was right. probably about to <laughs> but, before she got stuck back out of time, though, right?
0: But I will say so, in, in watching um, some of the Ready Room, you know, they talked to the stunt coordinators and, um, you know, they talk a lot and work around Michelle Yeoh and her expertise and all of this and her experience because she's just a freaking badass. And so she made the point after reading the script that she was going to be on the defensive the whole time she was never actually fully fighting back as her character because she wanted michael to see that you know the love can conquer hate we can be not as terrible rulers of people we can take the genghis khan approach whatever that might be um and so for her character the whole time she was not trying to to kill burnham in that instance she was just trying to defend herself enough to be able to have a conversation or to change her mind in some way, shape, or form. So, to me, you know, and it's also, you know, this is mirror Burnham versus real Burnham, Prime Burnham. I, I guess but, the but hard like people part are saying are, they both died.
1: I, the, the hard part for me is, yes, if I just focus on Burnham versus Giorgio, then maybe they're equals. But I'm looking at Giorgio, and I'm thinking, this is Michelle Yeoh. Right. This right. is crouching tiger hidden dragon. Like at the end of the day, she is the badass.
0: I mean, yes, I'm not <laughs> gonna argue that. Like, <laughs> um, I did want to uh see, did y'all notice that the opening credits were flipped and blue instead of red?
2: They mirrored it or or they inverted oh. the color.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I anyway, didn't. I almost like the color scheme better. I was like, ooh, like let's not bring back the red and the parchment. Oh, like no,
2: I, I love the parchment.
0: You like the parchment? I love
2: the parchment. This was a little bit weird, but it also reminded me of like what Fringe would often do. If something was a little bit off, they'd mm-hmm. just change the whole intro sequence a little bit for it. And I'm like, ah, I love when I love when they do that. Those are always so creative and cute.
1: You know, I, I think if if anybody wanted to play a drinking game to our pod uh, or our live stream, they should take shots every time we mentioned a- another sci-fi show. <laughs> like that would be a fun game.
2: You were uh, already talking about Firefly.
1: I know. I look, <laughs> I started again, it. I'm not saying been. I'm I'm saying I kicked the game off. I'm not saying that I'm not saying we should do it. I'm just saying it's funny to me. Uh cuz we're nerds. Uh I, you know what one thing I really did love in this episode? That was seeing Giorgio interact with Mirror Saru. Mm-hmm. And and how she spoke to him and treated him. She spoke to him in a way that we've never really seen her speak to Prime Saru. And it was it was it was tender. Like it was encouraging and and it was evidence of the growth that she's made.
0: Yeah. I mean I think her growth is interesting in that you can still see it's like she's going through back channels but still to squash any type of democracy, right? And like <laughs> she's it's it's such an interesting way to see this character grow because it's such a far it's a far place to try to get from her point a to point b. Like going from Taryn to Prime is just such a uh, a a difference in total habitation and the way that they deal with anything. So, I think any growth is proof of growth in her case um but I did like seeing the like you said Clyde those moments with the the Kelpian Um, but it's like but the kelpian was still like her enslaved person you know (laughs) it's like these weird juxtapositions of like oh she's trying to be more human than Terran, but at the same time as having to survive in this Terran place so i am actually really glad we didn't end up with her staying in the Terran universe because i think it would have been you know a disservice to that character as a whole
2: Right. I I wonder what the implications are of the mirror verse as well with her altering the timeline. I'm I'm not sure if that was the true mirror universe and the, the guardian of forever just kind of stepped in and allowed her to alter the course of the mirror universe. Or if it was more of a, um, like a playground, a, a sandbox for her to kind of test out. Um, that that challenge he was presenting to her of are you redeemable enough that we would bring you back to the original timeline and just in the prime universe
0: yeah i think based on like the rules that were set up in the original series if they're following them that is an actual timeline that has been altered um but i will say in both timelines both her and burnham end up dead so it's like is there a, now a small kelpian uprisal that might happen at some point that might be interesting but who knows if that totally affected the complete future of the mirror universe
2: especially if you also consider that it seemed Giorgio and her side effectively squashed this uprising that Burnham was attempting mm-hmm. and with her gone it effectively would put i don't know Killy in charge and Killy was just then working alongside the kelpians including the mirror verse saru who who doesn't have a name saru that's why i guess i was fine for her to say that um but if they're now working side by side how does that alter the course surely Killy saw that um saru took and tossed that one person (laughs) way up into the ceiling like he was a rag doll and goes Whoa, this is you're not food, you're a fucking weapon,
0: <laughs> right? Yeah, I think if I was Kelly, I would also say the same thing. This is like a new, a new possible alliance to take over some things. Um, but yeah, so it, it'll be interesting to see if you know in section 31 we get periodic like updates about what's happening in the mirror universe, or perhaps we'll get something from Dr. McGlasses, you know, about what has changed <laughs> at some point in the mirror universe. Um, but I do think it was the actual space and time also because we didn't actually see Lorca. And so that's what also makes me think it was not um, like a different mirror universe, because at this point that Lorca was on prime discovery.
2: So th- that's why he wasn't showing up and they're sending right. these messages because he somehow um, accidentally got jumped over to the prime universe. Okay.
0: That, I mean, that's what, that's what I think it was. At least. I, I
2: think you're right. Yeah. Just meddled with time and how, how though, man, I mean, time, time travel stuff is so confusing then. Cause I wonder what that means for what Cronenberg was saying about the mirror, mirror and their understanding that the empire fell and everything was different
0: True. I mean, it or could also that be that always have happened. That also is possible with time travel. Right there,
1: Clyde. I got it.
0: <laughs> yeah. I mean, that is also possible. Yeah. Cause in the, so in the original series episode city on the edge of forever, they, the crew, you know, are going through these like, like waves of time and space are like interrupting things on the ship. And then bones accidentally injects himself with this, Serum that makes him go mad. And so he beams off of the ship and ends up going through the portal. And so him going through the portal changed something in time. So drastic to the point that then the enterprise and the whole crew didn't exist. So at one point the enterprise disappears and the crew is left on the planet. And so they have to go back in time and fix what bones did in order to bring themselves back.
1: I, I don't think we have to worry about Lorca in this parallel mirror universe because I think that Burnham is Lorca's constant. And now that she's dead, it's not going to be an issue. That was for you, Grant. <laughs> okay. Appreciate
2: it. I do, uh, do think that by this show, by discovery, establishing that the grand rulers of all of the mirror verse were the, a lot of the core characters of discovery. It diminishes the, the prowess and, and standing of um, the original series characters, and and Pike and Spock and all that—that that they're not even players in the mirrorverse. In that same regard,
0: I mean, just,
2: but this uh, is
0: this is not. like a we don't we don't see a mirror we we see Mirror Enterprise in the original series, so like they do play a part in the mirror universe, just not in this series. If yeah, just not sense.
2: part of this empire that George Joe's obviously. Correct.
0: From. Yeah. Whatever that might be.
2: It, it just makes it seem like.
0: There's no twirly mustaches involved.
2: <laughs> George Joe and, and <laughs> Killy and Burnham, those are some of the absolute most important people over in the Mirrorverse, and therefore probably more important in our Prime universe than, than mm-hmm. Kirk, or whoever that guy is.
0: I mean, it. it it's also their different vessels, right? Because Discovery was, while started out as a science vessel, became like this big catalyst in a lot of the wars, right? The Klingon War. And then Enterprise was off doing its five-year mission and being a total science vessel. And that's sort of, I think, how they've dealt with the, the split of those particular ships. But again, this is also why the writers have chose to jump 900 years into the future so that they don't have to deal with that anymore.
2: We gotta stop messing with the timeline. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I thought that the torture game of the Mirrorverse is kind of weak. Can I say that? A little bit of red lightning in in a tube, um, is the worst that Killy can do. I'm like, have you met our military? (laughs) Well,
0: I. I, Yeah, I don't know. I mean, maybe even in the future, torture is less and, you know, uh, I don't definitely it's it's not frowned upon in the Terran Empire, but yeah. but they have that that device, which seems pretty intense. It also looked they were doing like some sound and sleep deprivation stuff because she yeah. said this was going on for months. So it's like they didn't yeah. want to do a full montage of Burnham torture. They just it showed us like, pretty
2: nice looking food, though. And that was a good fluffy <laughs> piece of bread.
1: You you like that role? That role was working for you? That role, I, I was like, I must be hungry right now. They, they, good. They wanted her to keep up her strength so they could keep torching her, making sure that she felt full agony in the agonizer. The agonizer. I I, I didn't love the name, but sure, okay.
2: Also, uh Kelly showing how how much of a torturer she is, is all of going ah ha, 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 and pushing a button. I'm like yeah, you're evil, tone it down.
0: I mean, but it does take some being a pretty intense and not mentally stable human to put another human through something like that.
2: Oh, uh-uh. you've heard of that experiment where yes. um, scientists told a person to push a button and the other person on the other side of the screen screams like, yes. screams like they're getting tortured. And the scientists will be like, just push it again. We all have that capacity. Follow orders and torture people.
0: Well, I'm glad you have I'm, that capacity. I'm, I'm
2: referring you guys by making you listen to me on this podcast and I'm reveling in it.
0: Uh, I guess that's true. We all have our levels.
1: <laughs> I, I, listen, I'm not going to say that it was this gruesome thing, right? It wasn't, it wasn't the traditional trope of seeing the rusty tools, you know, being brought out on a tray table where someone's right. strapped down and you know, the dirty scalpel or whatnot. So it wasn't quite that where you can feel like, oh my gosh, this is gonna hurt. It, it is hard for us to look at the the red light agonizer and understand truly what that's like, right? All we see is her screaming in pain, but it's hard to really identify with what she's going through. So I, I will give you that. and. Yes, all Tilly had to do was keep pressing a button, and decide—you know—the have the wherewithal to keep killing her.
2: Milgram's—that's the experiment I was, I was referring to, I guess. Yes, um,
1: you know, but. I think I think we understood what was happening.
0: Yeah, I mean, I honestly appreciated we didn't have to see too much of the montage because if I'm going to see violence on this show, I'd rather see it through the fight sequences because those are way more fun to watch than. We,
1: yes, we
2: got some fun fight sequences, though. You're right.
0: We really did, and and I thought it was. Um, so I wanted to ask y'all: Do you think the people that um, Ditmer and Burnham killed were actually their co-conspirators, or were they people who they thought would rat them out?
2: I think those who would rat them out, because a couple of those badges that Burnham tosses down on the table, those people are alive at the very end, bursting through the room to help her um, try the coup again. Weren't they?
0: No.
1: I
2: thought one of those dudes was.
1: um...
0: It was Bryce, not Reese. Yes.
1: Reese Reese came in at Mm -hmm. the end, but she said Bryce was the one who she killed. Yeah. I don't know who
2: Bryce and Reese are yet. I don't right. know the
1: names. <laughs> I, I hate to do it like this, but I'm going to. Bryce is the black guy on the bridge. Reese is the Asian guy on the bridge. Okay. I wish there was more than one so that that reference would have no weight, but yes.
0: They are our main bridge crew who crew. fit those yes. fit those demographics, yes. Um.
1: They're, they're not saying the, the names of these characters enough. I mean... They're saying it enough that Mariah and I knew exactly who they were.
2: (laughs) I I know Olo and I I know Detmer. They talk about them enough. I need more more scenes with Bryce and and Reese, I guess.
1: We've talked about the fact that Bryce has had more lines in this season than he's had. Like, first of all, up until this season, I'm not even sure we knew he was there.
0: I mean, I saw him around, but he definitely didn't have as many he, lines. Yeah.
1: Reese either, right? Oh yeah, well, yeah. we kind of knew.
0: Yeah.
1: Right. Detmer. Uh, I mean, I thought it was cool that we saw Nilsson and Arium yeah. at the same time.
0: Both Aria- Ariums, essentially. Like both
1: of both Ariums <laughs> at the same time. Neither one in makeup. That
0: was that was that was I, I thought that was yeah. cool.
2: All right. And, and Detmer didn't have the the implant or whatever right. that's going on.
0: I will say the eye makeup game in the Terran Empire, flawless. Like I need multiple tutorials to come out on YouTube, like in the same way that we get like drag queens showing you how to do their looks. I need like mirror universe makeup tutorials. I think it would be really fun. There's some really great eye makeup.
2: <laughs> That'll be a, a Patreon episode <laughs> we do where we're all, try-
0: all,
1: <laughs> all trying I gotta to do think about my eye makeup
0: now. Yeah, because like at one point, like Burnham's got like the swoop and a cut and like Anyway, they looked good. It oh, was fun.
2: We good. saw a scene where after they they, they confront a guy named Duggan.
0: Oh, and yeah, he looked so familiar. I felt yeah. like I needed to know who he was, but I haven't been able to figure it out.
2: Right, and that's where I I was going to ask you guys, but also our audience. If if any of you recognize Duggan, please put in the comments who was this Duggan character because. It seemed like it was so familiar. Like, did we see you
0: before, or why is but it? Then fine? they kill him so quickly that I'm just like, yes. eh, maybe this isn't anything. did not matter. To, that would really matter. Yeah, I um, yeah that that last sort of fight scene between all of them as it's going down, I thought was. Um, was cool to see the pairings. And then I loved seeing like Tilly, you know, Mary Wiseman finally getting to kick some butt, like for real, that was really fun. Um, I liked seeing Reese and, and OO and all of them sort of getting to really throw some fisticuffs. Um, And then that scene specifically between Michael and George, Joe, I thought was, you know, how those two characters in that particular universe would want to go out, right? The true warrior death.
2: Lisa says apparently he was from the show Aliens. PW Gregory was speculating he might be Flocks.
1: I don't know who Flocks is.
0: Hmm. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, Very interesting. Maybe. I, I
1: I'm disappointed in something though. Okay. I'm gonna miss seeing badass OwO. Like I need that Owo in the prime. Right. Cause there was every like I was like, I could watch her fight all day. Like she was she was just ruthless.
2: She does like, a lot was, of uh boot stomps and kicking in the gut.
1: <laughs> there was a moment there I was like, she can't lose. Like she she can't lose. And she didn't. And I was just like, and now it's done. Hmm.
0: Aww. Well, hopefully that'll we'll get some carryover. Um, because it looks like next week we're gonna get maybe some more fighting going on, um, at least in space. So maybe it'll result in some hand to hand combat, which would be which would be fun if we're gonna keep doing some like TOS references. The hand to hand combat, man. I need some like some double like (laughs) handed uh like kirk moves, you know. I'm excited for that. But I I much like last week when we saw there is the parallels to the pilot, the way that this one also paralleled the original series episode, like essentially Kirk has to sacrifice uh, a person that he's fallen in love with in order to reset the future as it should be. And so to me, watching that final scene where Burnham and Giorgio are saying goodbye to each other, you know, they are both also having to make this ultimate sacrifice of someone they've they've come to love, even in a shorter amount of time. Um, in order to set the the future right. So I thought that was like a nice, not heavy-handed way to tie them together.
2: Carl, the guardian. Okay, when when he does the voice, they're like, Who are you? I am the guardian of or
0: whatever. That is the audio from the original. I figured
2: episode. it had to be because it sounded wacky. <laughs> yeah. Um, but when he when he announces that and then the transition of that door opening, and it's like this weird like bit of cliff tube hole thing, whatever Like the special effects on that. I was like, fuck yeah, man, that's so awesome looking. Um, and to kind of, to kind of, uh, think about the fact that joe was so integral to the forever timeline and preserving that. But, them destroying control or whatever he certainly didn't need to interfere with that stuff but he needs George it it makes me it actually made me kind of excited and a bit curious about how she'll be integrated into this section 31 show and what they'll explore in in the world of trek like it seems like it has a lot more gravity and weight to it now
0: yeah and the the other thing with the with the- The Guardians of Forever is they don't really go out seeking people, but if you come to them, they will essentially show you like in the original one, they show you the history of humanity. And then if you jump in at a specific time, that's where you can go in and see stuff. Right. But um, the way that they've they've sort of manipulated it here. Because I will say it was also featured in the animated series and they broke the rules in that. So the rules for this device, it's very smart of them, have not been concretely set in place as far as how this portal works. But the way they explained it in Discovery was that he wasn't really looking for Giorgio. He's been in hiding because of the temporal wars and the Mm -hmm. sphere data and the ship were able to find him.
1: You know, I I thought the way they set Giorgio up for Section 31 was actually brilliant um because again i think where we were and and i think we kind of fell into this idea of like okay this is we'll just go with it but if you think back to last season when we first got this sense that she was going to be with section 31 she was pretty pretty evil right and so it was kind of it was kind of going to be this anti-hero kind of character who was going to be causing trouble Right. It was it was almost going to be, you know, a, a series with a villain as its lead. And what they've done is they've transformed the character. And if we're being honest, primarily over two episodes. Right. If you look at this part one and part two, we've that's where we've really seen. The transformation happened. Now they've probably been doing it in very incremental increments here and there, but we got a bulk of it. They they've taken us on this journey in two episodes. And by the end of the second episode, we look up and you have a bona fide Star Trek era captain for your show. Right? Giorgio is now, she has sacrificed herself she has freed and enslaved people she has encouraged you know people who've been meek like she's done a whole bunch of stuff and she's shown i've grown she's a bona fide like star trek captain now ready for her own ship or series so i i think that what they've done to set her up for section 31 has been impressive just from a business standpoint Think about this for a second. Are you more or likely? Or are you more or less likely to watch a section thirty-one today than you were three months ago? Oh, much more. Much more. Like, I was like, I was going to watch it. The it of yeah, you, you were going to watch it, but now it's different.
2: I, I, yeah, I was like, I want to see the adventures of her and Ash Tyler being what, like, secret police while Pike's flying around too. The, now I, I'm like wondering if. The ramifications of her being this, this time-traveling, interdimensional-traveling, um, fallen empress warrior is going to mean that Section 31 isn't necessarily going to be so simply constrained to just kind of uh, secret police cleaning up in that timeline, or if it's going to be a little bit more quantum leap-esque in, in slash fringe in that it's like jumping around to these really weird problems maybe even a little bit through time and like fixing and writing wrongs and adjusting everything
1: i, I mean in any regard I, I mean grant you bring up some interesting points I, I look at it go three months ago i was tuning in because i was curious now now you could run it back to back with not back-to-back. You could run it on a different night with Discovery, and I'm tuning in every week. Right. Right? right. Like, this could be the Tuesday show. It, 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 I don't know that it's quite on the same level as Pike's, kind of what they've done for Handsome Mount. Mm-hmm. Um, in terms of, like, the minute that show drops, I'm all in. Right. But right. now I'm looking at they've got three bona fide series that I'm actually that that are spinoffs that I'm actually really interested in, right? And, and not in a and I hate to say it like this, not in a Picard, Lower Decks, I'll watch it to get me through because it's the next Star Trek. <laughs> but in a I can't wait for this to come out. No, and, and Lisa pointed out here like
2: how interesting it was this idea of the portal being abused during the temporal wars. And I wonder if that's a little bit more, more fodder for section 31 to explore and potentially exploit for like a a story, a narrative device.
0: Yeah. I I saw an interview. I don't know how old the, you know, the quote was from Kurtzman essentially saying like, yeah, everyone's been guessing. And so far, no one has gotten right where we're sending Giorgio and where section 31 is going to be. He's like, it's going to be a big a pretty big surprise so i'm like what if it just only takes place on a planet like what if we're not even going through space what if this is like she is essentially the james bond what character? If Legends
2: of can tomorrow it- where she gets to assemble her own team through space and time and she settles on ash tyler
1: shot <laughs> no sci-fi reference
0: uh could it be Riza?
1: can it be the pleasure panic it, oh my it? gosh.
0: Can I talk about how disappointed I was that we went all the way to Riza and we're not going to see Risa? Riza? Like, I need to see how effed up and incredible Terran Riza is.
1: Can, all right. This, we're going to keep what, it clean. What is what is can Vi-Fi? you think about Terran Riza has to be like just insanity.
0: A total and like no, this is not so it's in like, like anything. A is, it, is yeah, yeah, right? it's, a, it's a pleasure planet. It is where you,
1: it's where you go to, to vacation and like a little Be
0: R R and R and and whatever else you want, you know.
1: The the way T and the way T and G set it up was it's R and R where everybody wears like togas and sarongs. So
0: So everyone is just in fetish wear. Yeah, it's pretty it's right up so for, for Terrence, because like they're already almost in a fetish wear as their <laughs> uniform. So can you imagine what it's gonna look like on Planet?
1: Yeah, so I hadn't thought about that, Mariah, in terms You're of... You're welcome. Well, I, that, I, I, I'm with you, but I hadn't thought about the idea of Taryn Riza, and we didn't get it.
0: No, That's, I was just like, as soon as they said it, I was like, oh, please, please let them beam down to have to go get someone, and we can just see this for a moment. like.
1: I mean, we are on CBS All Access, right? So exactly.
0: We've got blood. We've had uh, we've, we've had cling we've had Klingon boob <laughs> like gimme some Terran BDSM. Like
1: I mean it's
2: Klingon I silhouette of, of multiple dongs, I think. All right. I get that early on? <laughs> <laughs> that w-
0: yep, yep, yep. Um, our
2: next topic. Eddie, I
0: have yeah. a, a next topic. So there's a line right as Jojo is saying goodbye to Burnham that says this universe is more Terran than where we've come from. Um, And to me that I was like, Ooh, what if the idea that these places are while moving physically apart in space and time have become more similar in how people are functioning within those universes. Right. And, and a part of that too, I started thinking about the Admiral to me kind of tying this into the admiral's discussion with Saru at the very end of this episode, I, you know, I also I think I would have approached him and been like, I don't blame you if you got emotional for seeing another Kelpian, but it's also like it actually hasn't been nine hundred years between Saru seeing another Kelpian. It's been like maybe a year and a half, you know. <laughs> but granted, he hasn't seen another Kelpian in this in this particular time frame. But I I don't know. The admiral's still I'm so confused by him.
2: It felt like it was some pretty grounded advice. And I was like, I don't know. Am I coming around to him there? It seemed like he was like, you know, he's like, Hey, maybe you did that for this reason. And maybe Saru wasn't even sure why he withheld the information, or at least he hasn't told us the audience yet. Right. Um, but it seemed like he was, he was pointing that out and trying to be a little bit understanding and, and kind of Saru. And I don't know. I, I felt I'm, I'm warming up to him. If, Warming if up to, is
1: warming up to the admiral.
2: Yeah, to Vance. I'm like, if if he is genuine in his his actions and um, his his leadership, I can see that. I, I can see that maybe Starfleet isn't operating in the capacity, or maybe not as fully uh, idealized as as it could potentially be. There's there's room, of course, for growth there. But this guy might not necessarily be all bad. It's just they're going to need something more than what he can provide.
0: Right. I think I'm just like, I haven't figured him out. And so I can't tell if I like like the fact that he's trying to be more empathetic or if he's trying to be emotionally manipulative. And I can't Mm -hmm. figure that out yet from his character. Um, And then the way that he sort of reacted to them using Emerald chain technology to me, it's like, well, why wouldn't you want to be able to use this technology? Like, why wouldn't you say, Oh, great. We have a way to finally get an upper hand on these, on this group. That's been terrorizing us for so long. Like, sure. Be careful about it, but also like use the information of your enemies. Also agree. JC Admiral silver Fox. He's he's, (laughs) he's really rocking that uniform. Um,
2: you brought up an interesting point though, uh, Mariah, about Giorgio saying this is this world is more Terran than you think, and they need someone like you for that. I'm I wonder if that was a little bit more misguided advice by Giorgio. Because okay. it's it does feel like everyone is a little bit more of scavengers in their cutthroat, and it's it's dangerous. But maybe Giorgio's perspective is, you know what solves that is is an iron fist and um taking the fight head on, whereas old Georgia or old Burnham and maybe a little bit more of Saru's tact might be more of what this world needs. We just need to communicate and unify people.
1: See, I, I saw it a little bit differently in that um i think especially for those of us who've been kind of on this Star Trek ch- train for a long time it has been really ideal idealistic right it has been the federation is has all these incredible ideals and there's no war in the federation and there's no you don't need money and all all your health issues have gone away and what we've seen is this this federation that Saru is really holding on to, right? That the world that they're in has become literally more cutthroat, right? You have the Emerald Chain, you have Osiris, like you, you have the Saloon Planet, like you have these things that where they'll just kill people for no reason. That is not a world that the Star Trek that we know of deals in. True. And and so, and Burnham has been here for a year. And I think that that what she's saying is, and 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 even before that, Burnham was ready to mutiny in episode one of the series. Burnham mutinied because she felt like, hey, we need to try something different. We -hmm. need to be a little bit more Klingon, you know, and give them a Vulcan hello. Like like it, it needs to be different. So I think deep in her soul, she's, she's willing to do things probably a little bit more aggressive than the ideal version of the Federation. And what and, and I think Giorgio sees that in Burnham, right? Whether it's Taryn Burnham or Prime Burnham, mm-hmm. and saying, "This world this time needs you." Saru is going to need you or you're going to need him depending on what it is, but they need more of you and they don't even know it yet. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I I agree with what you're saying there, Clyde. I also really thought it was interesting the way that she was like, Saru's not the only person who deserves the captain chair mm-hmm. and just sort of planting. It's like, Giorgio on her way out is like, I'm just going to play you? a little seed. Just to just to continue my like stirring the potness on this show. I'm going to just add this in here right at the end to make you think about this as you go back, you know?
1: Yeah, I like what Lise says about Vance. That's good. This one? Yes.
2: Vance is an agent of Mm Osira and is worried now that they're using Emerald Chain tech.
1: I'm struggling to trust him. I got to be honest. Some some days I'm like, oh, okay, something to be
0: skeptical about. Do yeah, you I'm think just... it's because that actor has played so many sort of villain characters, though?
2: You you can't trust a man who's got a little bit of a, a goatee. I think
0: the tw- the twirlies. As I and he... try and
2: s- stroke my <laughs> pathetic uh, facial hair, acting like I have one too. Um,
0: um, I wanted to talk a little bit about the book Reno. Um, uh like engineering scene which i thought was just like kind of a fun break i did think it it felt a little jarring after being in the mirror universe for so long to be like back with our happy-go-lucky crew of like smart emotional nerds as i said earlier the nerds with feelings um But I did like seeing that little crew work together. And I really hope we get to see more of, like, specifically Book and Reno together was really fun.
1: (laughs) It, It seemed a little comical to me, only in the fact that I'm like, have we ever had that many engineers in a room together at one time on this show? It was like, usually we get these pairs, right? We get... Reno and Stamets. We get right. Stamets and Tilly. We get Stamets and Adira. Mm-hmm. And now it was it was just like people just kept coming into the room, right? It well, was like I, 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 was exp- they, I really thought that Tilly was gonna come in there next, but it was just like everybody kept coming. In. I got an idea. I got an idea. Hey, what about but,
2: this? But how they they play off of like the different specialties of, of engineering, like Reno being a mechanical engineer versus the these kind of computer engineers. Um and, and how they just have a, a different approach where Every problem she sees, Reno can fix with duct tape. <laughs> um, and that she's just like, she has she has no time for their like clean room uh, specifications. She's like, no, I'm going to eat this uh, disgusting Twizzler here in, yeah. in your uh, engineering room.
0: Uh, black licorice. What a choice. Um, it, it seemed crunchy for some reason. It was like, like a hard piece of licorice.
1: Like a hard piece of licorice. I, I, I was just like, like
2: what are you I, I love Reno, but maybe I don't. What is she? No, do?
1: I do. <laughs> I, I mean, eat- Black,
2: li- if, black licor- licorice
1: is the worst. I mean, it is. But I, I listen. I'm not going to judge you over your food choices. At the end of the day, I smile when Tig Notaro comes on scene. I'm just oh, yeah. like, I was like, I, I, I always think we need more Reno. And I thought they they did a funny like, where where have you been? Like, yes. <laughs> I thought yeah. that was
2: great. And their excuse says she's like, oh, I've been changing over the entire system on this ship. It's been a dream come true, except <laughs> for you guys keep sucking the power. <laughs> I was like, oh, that, that's a good reason for why she's been missing.
0: Which I thought was like a fun sort of nudge at the fact that on all Star Trek shows, we at some point here pull reserve power from un- you know, from an unnecessary thing, and inevitably we're just like screwing over people like Reno, who's like, I'm trying to save the world in here. Like, <laughs> I was in the middle
2: of a video game, and you guys just <laughs> suck the power out of that. Come on,
0: like, what the heck, man.
2: Um. We uh, Just Should a we note, because we're broadcasting to a whole bunch of different platforms. Apparently, we just got raided a little bit ago over on our Twitch platform, where a whole bunch of people just It looked like in. our
0: pals hey. from Strange New Pod came over. Um, hey! Uh, well, very Howdy cool. So happy guys thanks, so, Twitch. Thanks for joining us over there. Um, speaking of our our online audience, uh, folks, if you have something you want to ask us or let us know, don't forget to type capital p, capital o, capital D, and we will we will get to those questions as we're starting to to sort of wrap up here. Um, but I wanted to ask y'all what you thought of, you know we touched on a little bit earlier. Everyone's sort of parting words about Giorgio at the at the end here at the memorial.
1: My favorite and the one I was looking for was really what Tilly was gonna say. Um only because I felt like we'd seen her be pretty harsh to Tilly. Um but it's it's one of those things where it, it was like it's like a it, it more than tough love. It's it's like if you've ever played a sport and had a coach who just seemed like a prick, but it was because they're trying to bring the best out of you. And in that particular case, and I think more so than with any of the ever with anyone else not Burnham in that room, Taryn Giorgio had a real relationship with Captain Killy. And so when she saw Tilly, she kind of knew you can be a captain. You can lead not just people. You can lead an empire.
2: Right? And like genocide even. Y- yeah,
1: like 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 but I thought she saw Entilly like on your worst day, you're the third most powerful person in the galaxy. On your worst day. You okay. know, fourth if you deal with Lorca. Right? And she's seeing this and so I think being able to see her pull and push tilly in a certain way and for tilly to recognize like hey she wasn't completely evil like that's what i was looking for so i was i was actually looking for that and so i was pleased with kind of tilly recognizing that in her own way she cared
0: yeah yeah i thought i liked everyone's um you know those the call out specifically to the wardrobe and the boots. I felt just as a, someone who's been appreciating this wardrobe for so long, like even down to the robe that she was wearing before getting into her bath, that like sparkly gold robe. I really hope they, um, I think Detmar was like the way that she walks around with that coat and those boots, you know, there at the end of, um, of those remarks. Right.
2: everyone she's. She's just, she has such confidence and power.
0: Yes. I saw, I think it was in maybe the the ready room. Someone was saying that, like, for someone so small, Michelle Yeoh commands the room as soon as she walks in. Hell yeah. And it's just like (laughs) that presence is so intense. And I liked what Saru had to say. And then I thought Burnham's was the right amount of emotion and cheese, but also distance of, you can see her kind of processing the emotional. Tall of that day you know
2: i feel like i usually don't really even recognize how um how short uh, michelle yo is until yeah, that one.
0: Like, boots all the time yeah because they're
2: all they're they're framing and blocking like especially like they'll put her in a scene with saru where they're almost like eye to eye but they had some some scene like during a fight sequence where they had pulled back and they were standing next to each other and i was like whoa you're so much shorter than him i know he's also a giant
1: he is very tall Yes. Also in boots. Yeah. <laughs>
2: <laughs> and, and throwing people up into the ceiling. Again, <laughs> we are going to see the absolute takeover of the Mirrorverse by Kelpians. And they're going to be like, oh, and we remember all you Terrans. You used to eat us. Guess what? Um, revenge is a bitch. going to um, be brutal.
0: So going into, let's see, vocal Tomei. Asked how we felt about the uh, title sequence. We talked about this a little bit earlier, but I really liked the title sequence change up. I also personally prefer the blue uh, color scheme, but Grant disagreed. Can
1: can we, I, I want to I talk about that. But when we look at this picture of vocal Tomei, can we all just appreciate that mic setup as podcasters? Can we just say that's a.
0: Yeah, Brittany's, yeah. Brittany's a rad human, glad.
1: Just saying. Um, She's hanging out. I love the title changes. I, I like it. But I like any time I think the graphics team goes through a, the effort to make the title sequence a little bit different.
2: That's why it was always exciting watching like uh, Game of Thrones. You're like, oh, are they going to yes. throw a new city that they got to construct and all that? So,
1: and you know what, though? But here's the deal. It, 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 when you do stuff like that, I actually watch the title sequence. Yeah, cool. there's certain title sequences that I would just go, th- I skip through because I can't stand them. But when you do stuff like this, you know I'm paying attention.
0: Oh, I was going to say this is like a total off kilt, like way off topic. But this week on Bob's Burgers, that because that's another title sequence I always pay Shut attention you. to because they they always have inside jokes. But one of the storefronts this week on that was the wreath of Khan. <laughs> and i was like ha tie in to both my <laughs> fandoms
2: <laughs> there it is uh stress free k says pod
0: do you think georgia
2: will ever meet the disco crew again makes me sad to think that they won't
0: i mean who knows we haven't seen a ton of crossover stuff happening between any of the new trek things as of yet you know i think the the only thing we've seen so far are murder nuns right that have come over from picard I wonder
2: if there yes. will be some small footnote here or there, where Burnham realizes that George did mm-hmm. live through a different period of time, maybe under a, a code name or something. I, I wonder if she's going to change her name for Section Thirty-One, uh, but maybe she comes across a picture of her and is like, "Oh, she was, she did make it. She's alive." Or maybe like, we'll see like one character from Disco pop into an actual episode of section 31 when there's some time travel cross jump, whatever.
1: I, I think it would be cool. I I would expect for hope for a reference on Picard. Cause I feel like that would be, that'd be the most logical mm-hmm. going back to Picard and being able for them to, to reference, Oh, this is something that, you know, that section 31 did as they talk about the Vartarsh, the, the, Mike's not here to say this. The secret Romulan society, like that the type Zat-Vash. of thing. Zatvash. Zatvash. Um, so I, I, I would expect because it's just a little closer in the timeline, maybe mm-hmm. that we might hear a reference on Picard. I think it's going to be hard on Discovery.
0: That would be cool. It would also be interesting because, like you know, we've gotten to see Burnham sort of see the history of uh, her brother Spock in in you know the databases and stuff. So perhaps, um, you know, I thought they made a point of of how Lorca's, you know, like alt name was Vicar. Like, perhaps there will be like a name, like I think you were saying, Grant, like a, a, a code name that she's using throughout history that'll be some sort of inside thing for, for Michael to know.
2: Right, like, like Kelpian meat or something.
0: Ganglia soup recipe. <laughs> <Ganglia soup. laughs>
2: uh, Karen says, it's killing me. I have to focus more on work now instead of the stream. Uh, yeah, put your work down.
0: What time is it where you are? I don't buddy?
2: know. P- pay attention to the stream. We got about five minutes left. And this is the good stuff. <laughs> Ganglia gang. Ganglia.
0: Yes. Um, I do wonder what... They've made such a big deal, kind of as we're waiting for, for more people to chime in, such a big deal about using this emerald chain tech if that is going to come back and bite them in the butt in some way next week.
2: Yeah. Do you, do you think maybe... uh. Maybe book didn't check all of the code and there was some, some sleeper code in there. That's gonna, pff, it, it doesn't matter. They got, they got control as their AI now on this living discovery ship. It'll just be like pff, shred all that. I,
1: I, overwrite, I, we're dead. We're good. I think what we're getting is a foreshadowing of the, I don't know that the Emerald chain really understands what discovery is. Mm-hmm. Right. And this, this, the whole idea of the spore drive still feels like it's very much a secret to the people who would want it. Right. And I think now what we're getting is very soon the secret's going to get out and there will be a target on Discovery's back. And at some point, I imagine that we're going to get an episode where someone captures or takes over Discovery and the crew's got to take it back. Right. Because. Well, that happens in every series.
0: Yeah. I mean, there's also the fact that they haven't just been like going over Discovery with like a fine tooth comb to figure out how they can put a sport drive on more ships to me is it's suspect, right? Right. It's weird that they wouldn't just be like, Oh, we need or at least some mention of like, oh, we've downloaded all your records and now we're trying to see how we can, you know, not just have a Stamets on board every ship to be yes. able to pilot this thing, right? Because I know that's or a have a
1: backup in case you know something happens. So I long am, as long as you got Stamets, you're good.
0: I am I am worried about what, about Stamets, um, and what what might happen if he's incapacitated in some case.
2: I think the other big kind of lingering question that they've either danced around or has haven't really explored is what are the larger ramifications and capabilities of of control now being in control of discovery
0: it's not control but, it's the sphere data
2: sphere data um because it seems like it's such a a hyper intelligent being that is now to some degree looking out for the well-being of the crew like book could have like if book had been made aware of that before just going in and uploading um patchwork programming which i did he get approval from before doing this Um, i don't know but uh instead of doing that like he could have just like said hey hey sphere check out our data here can you just replicate this (laughs) in some capacity
0: right because they have programmable matter couldn't you just like make a new thing to do the same thing
2: yeah do, do effectively what this is doing to kind of to boost our signal so i like that
1: idea
0: right
2: right whatever tech jargon they were saying it was doing Um uh, we got a bit more um comments yeah. and, and questions here if you want to hit a few more
1: i like that eric uh do you think book will fully join the disco crew or remain an outside hel- helper I, you know i feel like in every trek there's an outside helper like, there's somebody who never puts on the Star Trek uniform. You know, I was in a work call today, and, you know, a few people know that I do a Star Trek podcast. Uh, and I guess I made a a, a a comment that came off as wise. And somebody today said, you know, hey, Clyde, thanks for your Yoda-esque comment, which is Star Wars, Grant, just in case you didn't know. Uh, um, no. And then someone who knew that I'd, I I that I do a Trek podcast said, Hey Clyde, what would be the star Trek equivalent to like a Yoda as combat? And I did not answer though. I did think very long and hard about it, that it would be guided. And so,
0: <laughs> I mean, honestly, it's a good answer.
1: <laughs> and so, but I, I was like, They've exposed my nerdum in a place that was a little inappropriate (laughs) for us to have that conversation. Like, we're having a very serious business conversation, and you're throwing my my nerdum out there. Um, And so, but I was thinking about it, and I was like, well, guide in somebody who was a helper, but never put on the uniform, right? You've got these people. I mean, technically, Odo was a helper who never put on an actual Starfleet uniform. So I don't see Book actually donning that uniform. I think he's going to be an outside helper.
2: I feel it's important for him to do it, to to, to take on the uniform. Because I, I think that's a little bit of the trajectory of the show, that they are so inspirational that they're rebuilding the Federation and they're finding people who who fit their goals and their, their quest to kind of um, sp- spread this mission across the galaxy. And him recognizing that in them and then... Wanting to take on the uniform and all that it entails is such a a symbol of that success. Like him and um, what what's Adira? Adira. Adira.
0: I mean, at this point, like I bet Starfleet could use some new recruits, because I'm yes. like, is there even still an academy? Is there, like, a pipeline of people that are coming in to work on these ships and, like, rebuild this? Like, what yeah. is what is the status?
2: What <laughs> about that dude in the first episode, the Watcher guy? Did they just, like, Burnham found the Federation, and this guy's still just sitting out there, like, waiting, like, hopefully I'll That's find true. the Federa- Like, go tell him what's going on and bring him <laughs> back over here. Come
1: on. First of all, he should have been on the ship with him,
0: <laughs> and <laughs>
1: You know they can, they can find we us something to do, infected, right?
0: Yeah, <laughs> like well, from hopefully there. they let him know. Like it's hey, some, we like, found sent,
1: we found Starfleet headquarters. A
0: telegram, like <laughs> oh, yeah, we have been kicking it over there for
2: like a year now. We <laughs> to send
1: you a shuttlecraft so you can come in and officially be uh, be read in. So
2: sorry, yeah. we forgot about you, dude. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Chippy says you have to remember that the Federation has been acting from a position of defense. And it makes sense that Vance worries about attracting attention to them.
0: Eh, fair. True. But, but now they have disco, the ultimate new. But then again,
1: show. Vance is sus. <laughs> well, you also got to remember it, I agree, but here's the thing. And maybe this was just cause Lorca did it. The spore drive is so amazing. Do you remember? I think it was in season one where they were able to just, like, continually jump mm-hmm. around and just shoot the hell out of a ship. Yep. Right? Like, d- like disco is more badass than we've seen in a very long time.
0: I will say, though, the time they did that, didn't they also put Stamets, like, essentially into a coma?
1: But that was because, yes, but that was because <laughs> Lorca reprogrammed it so that they would end up in the Terran universe. Hmm. Okay. Like that was all kind of one area. And so that that but yes, we don't want him to be in a coma. That's what Adira is there for. She can help out with that. But I'm just saying, like Disco's got some skills that uh yeah. that we haven't seen in a while.
0: Yeah, I think they they Adira um they're going to be an interesting piece of the puzzle in the engineering room and to see how they sort of uh help flush it out and hopefully solve this problem of stamets i could see adira being that kind of person who then also somehow becomes one of the like jumper people you know what i mean like is connected into the system i I kind of
1: assumed that was going to happen for a while now
2: adira to be like i just want adira to be like dad say thank you (laughs) you can say thank you dad
1: Sam is like, don't call me dad. Stop that. The other thing I'm waiting on for Adira, though, is Adira is supposed to have the memories of an admiral.
0: Mm-hmm. Right, like, Because they're human, I do think it's a little bit different in the way that they can access some of those memories. You know, I, I'm not sure if it's as cut clear cut as it would be if they were Trill. How convenient
2: that Adira can't remember that. Once again, wait, wait, wait. Vance is sus. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but, well, I guess that would be interesting to note is that because the, uh, the, the um, admiral that is a part of Adira now had seemingly had a possible like romantic relationship with Vance or some sort of friendship or like intimate relationship. Because when Vance at the when they meet is all like, I knew this person, I don't know you. You know, and like that whole thing about I needed to see the snow one last time, you know, it's like very poetic, very like, I'm so sorry I left you sort of thing. Anyway, dance is still a little sus. I'm not sure. <laughs> Fance is
1: definitely <laughs> sus.
0: Um, is there anything else y'all wanted to uh, <laughs> wanted to dig into before we wrap this up?
1: There's a comment in there for you, uh, Mariah. That yeah, Eric.
0: Sus and sexy. Definitely. I I,
1: I saw that and thought that is, uh, that's all (laughs) Mariah.
0: I approve. No, Uh, I think
2: that's about it. Uh, the next episode is, is going to be
0: called the Citadel
2: on Christmas Eve. I guess. Oh
0: yes. So we haven't discussed it yet, but keep an eye on our social media channels because we will not be broadcasting live on Christmas Eve. Um, we're doing Saturday, right? I believe we are doing Saturday instead. So, um, you know, have a few days with your, your household pod of people and we hope everyone stays safe. Um, and again, thank you all so much for joining us on the pod this week. Remember, you can find us live on YouTube, normally on Thursdays, to be determined for the next two weeks because of the holidays. Um, so keep an eye on our socials or on the Slack for that. Grant, how else can people support the pod and keep in touch with us?
2: Of course, you can subscribe to us, uh, our audio podcast, uh, wherever you listen to podcasts. That, that helps us in our audio podcast numbers as well. Even if you're just like, hey, I'm strictly a video person, go ahead and go subscribe. We'd appreciate it. You can also write a review there. Help us out. If, if you're watching us on one of our video platforms, you can subscribe there as well. Hit the notification buttons and you'll know when we go live, especially next week since uh, (laughs) we're still trying to make sure we have the correct time. The other way you can, of course, help us is to go to patreon.com star trek pod. Go there and make the per episode pledge. It's nice and easy. If we put out an episode, you get charged. If we don't put out an episode, no charge to you. And if you give us that $2 an episode, you can join us over on our Slack channel. We have a lot of awesome people over there. Um, and Clyde. People yeah, right. aw- awful Clydes over there, but everyone else is aw- awesome. And we'd love to have you come join us. We'll talk about lots of Trek stuff.
1: Hey, and I just want everybody to remember one thing, and that is Vance Sus. No, uh <laughs> please remember to follow us on Twitter and Instagram. Uh tweet about the X ex- the, the episode. Uh and we just want to shout out again, Vance Sus. No. Uh we want to shout out Karen who runs our Twitter and James Worm who helps out on our Insta. Um thanks, James. Thanks, Karen. Couldn't Thank do it without you. About
0: you. We appreciate y'all so much Vance's sus. Clyde, where can folks find you on social media?
1: You can find me at Clyde Haynes. You can also find me at www.keyandclyde.com That's K-E-I and Clyde dot uh, Grant Davis uh, At Baron Von Grant.
0: And you can follow me on all social platforms at Mariah Gossett. That's Mariah with a Y and a Gossett with two S's and two T's. Uh, that's it for now. Thank you all again for tuning in. Live long and prosper.